0: Welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. And we have a special guest with us today. Caitlin, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, sure. I'm Caitlin. Uh, I'm friends with Sarah, have been for more years than I care to count at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Marvel is one of my big passions. A friend took me to the... Six-movie Marvel Marathon leading up to the release of The Avengers. Wow. And since then have just been a massive Marvel nerd. As far <laughs> as the MCU goes. Don't ah. get me on the comics because I don't know quite as much there. But it's all good.
0: So 12, maybe 13 hours of straight Marvel. Yeah. That's it succeeding. was 11 a.m. to about
1: 2, 2.30 p.m. Or a.m.
0: rather. That yeah. is awesome. Was that your first <sighs> introduction to like Marvel Universe? As as a
1: whole universe. I had seen, uh, I think, four of the movies, three or four of the movies, but didn't know anything about them and didn't know that they were part of one cohesive universe. Ah. Other than my friend slapping me during the end <laughs> credit scenes going,
0: oh, my gosh. It's like, I don't know why you're slapping me, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> well the reason i'm super intrigued is because i'm a huge star wars nerd and my first introduction to star wars was like a full six movie marathon as well so maybe there's something special about just like soaking and being saturated in a universe i don't know
1: yeah i think so
0: something about it it's just magical. It's just like live in that universe for a solid <laughs> half a day, it really exactly, makes you I'm a fan. Kind of
1: <laughs> sucks you in, and you're like, "This is amazing."
0: Yeah, literally that 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 night, I I had dreams that I was in Star Wars universe and like in a battle scene, and I was like, "This has fully taken over my subconscious." <laughs> so maybe I don't know. The next time I need to get someone to be a Star Wars fan or a Marvel fan was. We'll lock them up in a room for 13 hours <laughs> seems like a great idea
1: <laughs> i highly recommend this kidnapping plan i mean this um yeah uh, introductory plan yes,
0: yes introductory, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well we're excited to review captain marvel today um sarah and i were talking to each other and we're like we're we don't necessarily categorize ourselves as being people that have seen the you know die hard marvel fans i have seen a lot of them and we're like yeah you know what we should review this film anyway it's kind of much anticipated and it'll be a fun one to do and then she was like oh wait one of my friends is a big marvel fan it would be awesome to bring her views into the conversation and some of those references that might have completely gone over our heads she'll be able to speak to or um provide context for how this film fits into the larger universe and i was like Love it! We should do it! And so here we are. We usually kick off with an IMDb summary, so Sarah, take it away.
2: Alright. Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien
0: races.
1: Mm, bum, bum, bum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with... What your initial thoughts and reactions were to the film after seeing it?
1: I think this might sound a little funny to people. I really, really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was well done. It was a great movie and a great introduction of a lead female superhero. I also wasn't absolutely blown away by it, but I kind of liked that. And I think that was a cool way to almost normalize a female superhero because it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, look at this amazing, awesome, incredible thing. It was like, she's really cool. She's part of the universe. And here we go kind of things. So that might seem an odd combination of reactions, but that was, that was my initial takeaway.
0: Sarah, what were your thoughts? Um, mine
2: was kind of mixed, uh, which is normal. Um, <laughs> I I liked a lot of the themes of the film. I liked a lot of things that they they did with it to make it different than our typical superhero films. But the things that I was annoyed by are the things that I normally see in superhero films. So like with pretty much every Marvel movie without fail about two-thirds of the way through at like the height of the climax I'm going can we be done like I've been sitting in this theater for so long I need a break I finished my
0: popcorn (laughs) ready (laughs) to go (laughs)
2: like that's when I start to get like uncomfortable in the seat and I'm just like bro I'm ready to be done I just need you to kill the bad guy wrap it up come on Um, so I definitely felt that again in this movie and then I do have some problems with the ending and uh, the final uh, battle sequence that we can talk about later. But overall, like I love the message that it sends. And I'm really, really glad that we finally have a female superhero in the lead role of a Marvel movie.
0: I had a lot of fun watching this film. Uh, it was super enjoyable. I th- it wasn't overly funny. I wouldn't say it was like laugh out loud, but there were some bits that got me laughing. And So overall, I thought this was a really fun film. It I would agree that it didn't necessarily do anything groundbreaking or highly creative or um, anything that blew me away that really just kind of stuck with me three hours later or the next morning where you're just still thinking about a film. But I think overall it was a very solid film, and I was actually pleasantly surprised I went in with low expectations and so I was I was impressed in a lot of the themes that it wove throughout the film that are very relevant to the times which we can get into a little bit later but it's it's ability to portray like a nuanced storyline with some emotional weight and some interesting plot twists which we'll get into later um was was awesome So I guess with that, it's hard to talk about this film without diving into some of the spoilers. So I believe this is the moment where we cue our big flashing spoiler alert (laughs) sign and usher that in.
1: (laughs) Stop now if you have not seen the movie. Mm -hmm. You have been warned.
2: Like, seriously. (laughs) And we don't do this for every movie, but this is one of those. The... Uh, the plot twists and turns and, you know, the big reveals that they have throughout are really best, uh, when you go in blind. So please, if you have not seen this movie, go watch it and then come back and pick up right where you left off.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. It's worth it.
0: So that pause button about two thirds of the way down your screen, it's pretty large. (laughs) Your thumb will perfectly tap it. (laughs) Go ahead and click it and, um... And stop listening because we're about to spoil the heck out of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where do we want to tackle first? I think, uh, one of the things that Caitlin, you mentioned was the fact that this was a female superhero and Mm -hmm. it'd be awesome to, if you could shed some light onto female characters in the Marvel universe up until pre Captain Marvel film coming out and, um, Let's dive into how we think they portray this female role model, um, her characterization and all of that kind of stuff we could dive in now
1: for sure. obviously Marvel is primarily led by male superheroes. you know you've got every title film up until now <laughs> being male superheroes but there have been there have been female superheroes in there. The first one, being Black Widow. She was introduced, actually, in Iron Man 2, so pretty early on, about the fourth movie. And, and she doesn't, in the movies, does not have any supernatural or superhuman abilities. She's an extremely good spy, extremely good fighter. Um, she's phenomenal at what she does. And people have been clamoring for a Black Widow movie pretty much since we started seeing her. Because she's an amazing character, she's got a lot of depth, a lot of uh, backstory, and people just people love her. But we haven't seen that Black Widow film come yet. So after her, we have Scarlet Witch, uh, who does have uh, supernatural abilities. She <laughs> is affectionately referred to as the Weird One um, <laughs> in Age of Ultron
0: affectionately though
1: (laughs) yeah oh yeah you know um (laughs) she has some some uh mind control she has some sort of fancy fancy dancy powers that she can use to to do all sorts of things that were given to her by one of the infinity stones so she's been she's played a pretty big role in several movies since she's been there and then we have uh gamora from Mm -hmm. guardians of the galaxy She's an alien race. She's an, again, incredible fighter and has a lot of backstory, has a lot of character arc. Same with uh, her sister, Nebula, has a lot of character arc in there. So there have been some really great female characters and other great female roles who have not necessarily been, quote-unquote, superheroes, but have played major roles. So the MCU is not without their female roles, but as far as a lead leading name, leading character. Uh, She's the first, and uh, they kind of went in with a bang with her. She's considered one of the most powerful superheroes in the Marvel Universe, which is impressive, and saying something more powerful than anyone else we've seen before. I mean, her powers kind of literally outshine everyone around her. So um, I think they... They may have been a bit late in coming with their lead superhero, but um, female superhero. But uh, they didn't pick someone that was uh, unworthy of that title of being the first.
2: Yeah, I remember when I first heard talk of a Black Widow movie, and I, I love Black Widow. I love ScarJo as Black Widow. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> is phenomenal. Go ScarJo. But I'm so pleased that they didn't do it when we were all like clamoring for it. (laughs) Um, And that Captain Marvel is the first uh, female uh, lead because I don't think that a Black Widow movie, her on her own, would have been nearly as powerful and a way to really like start it off with a bang.
1: Um, as Captain Marvel was, I will throw in here: we do have Agent Carter, the TV series. So I suppose technically she's the first title lead Marvel character in in the kind of the Marvel uh, Marvel universe. She is technically from the MCU. She was in Captain America, um, but again, not a superhero, more of a an agent spy kind of thing, and a very different different feel. And I think that's probably more what a black widow movie would have been be more, yeah, more spy, more intrigue, more much darker story. Um, so, as much as we'd like to see it, I agree that this was this was a fantastic intro.
0: So, how did you guys feel about the way that she was portrayed throughout the film and the distinct parts of her character? Did you feel that they did a great job giving Young Girls Today an awesome female role model? Or were there parts about her portrayal that you thought could have been different or done better? Well, (laughs) I'm the Debbie Downer of the group. So um,
2: I think that she is a really good role model uh, for young girls, and I love that. Like, yes, that's great. As a character herself, I have issues because there really weren't enough flaws for me. Mm-hmm. Like, she, I loved how it was all, like, centered, centered in her identity. And, like, once she believed in herself, like, she was unstoppable. And I'm like, that's real cool. I like that. However, as a character, <laughs> you need a flaw. There needs to be a cost or, like, a price that you pay to be this incredible and this powerful, like there wasn't a downside to me. There wasn't, she didn't really pay a price necessarily for mm. it. Um, and I didn't see an obvious flaw. And so from a character perspective, that that was one of the biggest things that bothered me about this film.
0: Mm. So her powers were almost kind of this coincidental accident happenstance event versus some kind of fear or uh personal doubt or weakness that she felt like she had to like overcome in order to fully embrace her powers they were just kind of a whoops we accidentally explode made something <laughs> explode and uh, now I'm the most powerful interesting it's
1: true yeah um I mean you have the the fact of her being without a memory for for six years but again it wasn't that was all circumstance. There wasn't, as Sarah said, a cost. Like you, you look at Captain America, who is... You could say in and of himself is probably one of the most just single, powerful, normal um, people out there. I mean, the Hulk, obviously, is incredibly powerful, but that's not just a normal person. Iron Man gets his, his power from his, his suit, but Captain America it's it's in him he's the most superman per se character of the marvel universe but you see the cost that he paid and you see the the struggle that he faces with you know leading the avengers and trying to make the right decisions you see you know he lost everything about his original life he lost the people he cared about and he seems to constantly be be losing something or battling one thing or another but you're right Captain Marvel didn't really have that that story arc with her
0: yeah I guess the closest thing that we could argue was the thing that she had to overcome was all of the moments that she had fallen in her life where she had to get up again you know like being in boot camp and everyone laughing at her as she was doing the ropes course and her having to like get back up again or playing baseball and all the kids are laughing at her and she had to get up again so it may not have been like a personal flaw that she had to overcome but it was like societal uh pressures and expectations of her weakness that she kind of threw it in their face and was willing to continuously get up over and over and over again which Which, yeah go ahead
2: which I loved all of that like that whole (laughs) sequence when they were like kept going back to her falling and her getting up inside it was like yes this is the best keep going (laughs) like I was totally rooting for her in that moment and then she got too good and I went well now I'm bored Like, because I know that you're going to win. Like, if you're that powerful and you can destroy, like, all of these, like, bajillion ships that are coming at you (laughs) with, like, no problem. I'm like, well, that's boring. Of course you're going to win. There's no suspense anymore. Mm. So, and I know that I'm in the minority probably, (laughs) but (laughs) I was so bothered after that, like, really, really profound montage where she got up. And then I was just like, I'm checked out
0: again, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Honestly, I was just comparing this film so much to Wonder Woman. And I know Wonder Woman uh, is part of the DC Universe. And it was just praised a ton for being this awesome role model character for girls. And I was not a fan. So seeing Captain Marvel and just comparing it to Wonder Woman, I was like, you know what? You know, I'm here for this. I can get down behind this because at least we're not portraying this like super dainty, like kind of clueless lady on screen, and have this big love story be the reason why she finally embraces her powers. Like at least it's not that story.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm with you on Wonder Woman. When <laughs> with all that hype, I watched it and I went, really? Why? Why were you guys so excited about this? So I definitely enjoyed Captain Marvel a lot more than Wonder Woman. And I think that the themes contained therein are a lot, uh, they're a lot more palatable and a lot more Mm -hmm. obvious so that younger viewers and even older viewers can really take that and hopefully apply it to their lives and draw some inspiration from this character.
1: I love their choice of, of actress um mm-hmm. for this role, Brie Larson. I just think she's so just personable and who she is and kind of she is who she is and kind of unapologetic for it. I don't know a lot about her as a person, but from what I've seen, she's just never been this super in the spotlight. Oh my gosh, this is you know, look at me, I'm amazing kind of thing. So I've loved that and I've loved seeing some of the interviews that she's done with this movie. And she you'd mentioned the love story in wonder woman and um she mentioned it in her in an interview that the love story in this was about friendship it was you know the friendship she had with her her former her former best friend from when she was on earth and it was it was that relationship that drove her in that relationship to that kind of gave her the the courage or the motivation or or whatnot to to keep going um and she said why can't that be as powerful if not more so than any romantic relationship mm-hmm. and i loved that it was like and it wasn't cheesy it wasn't cheesy it wasn't mm-hmm. like you know oh the power of friendship you know <laughs> makes me think of uh captain planet you know, the power of friendship, and we will win kind of thing. Um, it was <laughs> Great <just> <laughs> reference. <laughs> Speaking of superheroes, um, <laughs> it was just a, a an honest, genuine friendship. And it, it wasn't like, you know, I I must sacrifice all for this friendship and, and whatnot. It was just, you know, that kind of friend who can kick your butt and be like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Um, or come on now you're better than that or call you out and be like you know something you're doing isn't right or you're so much better than this so i appreciated that aspect of it as far as the you know the relationship kind of thing goes um, and then with uh you guys both mentioned the the thing with her falling and falling and falling again and what i thought was interesting was that she remembered the falling and the falling and the falling and the falling. She mm-hmm. remembered that multiple times throughout the movie. And that was what everybody had focused on was her falling and her falling and her falling. Even, uh um uh, blanking on the character's name, Jude Law um, was like, you know, you, you're not done until you can, you know, beat me without your powers. And he's constantly knocking her over and knocking over, knocking Mm -hmm. her over. And that was all she remembered because that was everything that everybody had focused on. Mm. But then she had that moment, kind of that click where she remembered, yeah, I fell a lot, but I got back up a lot. I got back up every single time and just to see it and to see her stand back up and, to see her take, kind of take over the storyline of her own life and be like, yeah, I fell. Yeah, I messed up. You know, yeah, I didn't succeed, but I kept going. And I liked that idea of you don't have to live the storyline that everyone else sees of your life. You know, Mm -hmm. you can take that and redirect it. Whatever everybody else says, you can you can redirect that and you can get up and you can keep going and you can see the truth of your successes rather than wallowing in your failures. So I really liked that the way they played that out and just, you know, finally seeing the both sides, finally seeing both sides of of her story. and, um, And then when she finally faces down Jude Law again at the end and just says, you know, he goes back to the, the thing, he puts his weapons away and goes, you know, prove to me that, that you know, you're all this great and beat me without your powers. And she just blows him away and she's like, I don't have anything to prove to you.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and honestly,
1: like, I was 100 expect- 100% expecting her to have that moment and finally beat him without her powers and, like, knock him down or land a blow or something. You know, that moment that you see so often. And then she, she said that. She's like, I don't have anything to prove to you. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> yes, that was phenomenal. Because, yeah. you know, our pride always says, like, yes, I have to prove it to you. But no, we don't. Like, we don't have anything to prove to anybody. Aside from ourselves. And she already had done that. When she realized I can get back up. And she just, I don't have anything to prove to you. It's like, all right. I'm um, I'm happy. That, that line got me.
0: Yes. Second that so much. I <laughs> I literally turned to my friend that I was in, went to see this film with, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you just did that. <laughs> like, I did not see that coming at all as well. I very much had the same expectations that you did, where this is going to be the big climactic moment, the big action sequence with all the stakes lying on this. Like, will she be able to beat him? And she just doesn't even engage him at all. She's like, I don't, I don't even need to engage in this. Like, and I think that that confidence just totally push, kicks her pride to the side. Where she's she's so confident that she knows who she is that she doesn't need this other person to validate that for her. And mm-hmm. that was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Like that is what I want all the girls watching this to remember is that one line of I don't have anything to prove to you it's great Mm -hmm. so one of the other themes that um this film kind of dives into is one of the big plot twists that happens um and it's the theme of how are we defining good versus evil and the scrolls are originally portrayed to be the enemy and the crees are portrayed to be who carols originally sided with and the whole film has been kind of framed in that way for us as a viewer we're like nope oh, okay scrolls bad guys they look kind of freaky and weird with their <laughs> skin and <laughs> and their ears so yeah okay and they're a little bit aggressive about it, they must be evil. And the part about halfway through the film where they reframe that entirely as showing the actual story and the intent of the scrolls of just wanting to find a home and the oppression that they've experienced and that's the reason that they're kind of pushing back to fight for themselves and um, to find their families again, I thought was a really surprising and very relevant commentary on our current times. So what were your thoughts about that? Did you see it coming? Um, Did you expect the plot twist? Is these kind of plot twists typical in the MCU? Or is it typically framed as very clearly, this is good versus evil in a lot of the other films? Um, Yeah, let's unpack that.
2: Did you... I have a question before we dive into this. Aren't the Kree the villain in another movie
1: yes okay oh, so did see.
2: that did that give it away for
1: confused? you okay I, w- I was very confused um and i was i was trying to process that through the whole thing because you see ronan the accuser he's the little guy in the the little uh not little guy he's like six foot something uh <laughs> the guy in the little um what's the word hologram there we go the with the big drapey thing and the big hammer so you see him and he is the main villain in the original or the the first guardians of the galaxy movie so he's the he's the main villain he's very bad 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 guy and he's he's shown to be a fanatic you know wanting to destroy these other races and because they're they're not his own and they've been at war and so he his his goal in this war is just to completely obliterate the other race. And even the um, one or two of the other people that you see on, uh, you know, some of the other Kree that you see are are shown in that movie as well. So, yeah. yeah I, I was so there.
2: confused, too, because mm-hmm. I recognized, I don't remember his name, and I, I can't say it, but the the black guy... Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, he's in another movie. He's a yep. bad guy, right? Like, I was yeah. I was all kinds of messed up because I couldn't place it. But I was like, mm-hmm. I know that you've been in a Marvel movie. What is going on?
1: Yep. Yeah. And so because this takes place um, in the 90s, it takes place before um, a majority of the rest of the films. And so, yeah, I was, I was sitting there because the Cree, as a whole are not necessarily an evil race what's specifically talked about are the fanatics. And even in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Kree are brought in and they are, you know, they are the villains. So I was sitting there waiting for this moment of realization amongst Jude Law's team um, to be like, oh, Ronin's not good. He's, you know, he's horrible and, you know, and so we're not going to we're not going to follow him anymore because there was this like, oh, we're not going to tell him the truth yet because we want to take care of this on our own. I was like, okay, so do they kind of have some idea that he's a little off his rocker and and so they don't want to bring him in, but then they they did call him in at the end and they're like, you know, come take care of this. So yeah I was I was confused through the whole movie trying to figure that all out. And so that level of plot twist, I'm trying to think, is not really seen in in most of the other movies. You have a bit of it with Ant-Man and the Wasp. You see a Ghost, I believe is her name. You see her and then realize like this backstory that she has and what she's trying to trying to get at. You see in Guardians of the Galaxy two, Ego, who's you know Star Lord's dad, and and then there's there's that change, but to see this level of complete reversal of roles, I don't think is something that we've we've seen in the m c u before, so I wasn't expecting it, but I was definitely curious to see where it was going because of this this history of the Cree and the m c u
0: Gotcha, so it may not have been a f- as full of a plot twist as it would be for someone who is less familiar with Marvel Universe like myself mm-hmm. because I was like, this was framed completely <laughs> differently for me. But, um, but so there was some suspicion, but still the twist was kind of a big plot point that d- isn't common. And that's right, MCU. because the okay.
1: scroll, I don't believe we've seen the scroll before.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so knew nothing about them and you know people on one side of a a war can end up on the other side in the next war Mm -hmm. um so you know it was just kind of who knows where things stand right now this is 20 years before all the other events so yeah it was still not uh still unexpected
2: Mm -hmm. and can we just talk about the brilliance of their casting like yes Ben Mendelssohn is a great villain. He's so good at being the bad guy. And then Jude Law, are you freaking kidding me? He's like a heartthrob. <laughs> Everybody loves him. And then it's like, whoop, nope, we're gonna switch you guys. Like, ah, brilliant. Absolutely yes. brilliant.
1: Because, okay, you're, you're a fan of Star Wars. Rogue mm-hmm. One is honestly my favorite of the Star Wars movies. Yes. Um, and so him and that um, it's rogue one that he's that he's bad guy, right? I'm not getting that wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then Jude law, you know, you have the Harry Potter movies that just came out and he's Dumbledore and you're like, what? And so, yeah, that when he first showed up, I was like, oh yeah, him's that, you know, Ben Mendelsohn's bad guy. Great. Jude law is a good guy. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what? <laughs> No, you've destroyed my image of these people. Now what am I going to do?
0: <laughs> the friend that I saw this film with came out of theater and I was like, so what did you think? She was like, I can't believe they made you law evil. <laughs> I can't do that. He's too wonderful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I am so here for it. Like, <laughs> yes, give me bad guy Jude Law any day of the week. That's great. <laughs> He's I fantastic that. too. I'm surprised to hear you say that. <laughs> it's so good. Yes, You don't have to be the good guy all the time. Be a great villain.
0: It's like how they're going to make Idris Elba the villain in the new Fast and Furious yes. film. And I'm just yes. so pumped to see him just be this total badass villain who's just, like, yeah. absolutely savage. Like, I'm here for it. <laughs>
2: yeah, that'll be great. We might have to do a review of it because we're both going to see it anyway. So yes. it's,
0: it's going to be great.
1: As someone who's literally never seen a Fast and Furious movie.
0: <sighs> yeah, I know. That would I'm be fun. Seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: we can do this. We can do this. This, but in reverse. Using yes, the clueless one. Ooh,
0: <laughs> that would be yeah. really
1: fun. Yep, put it on the list. It's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Stay gosh. tuned, guys. Okay, we have
1: <laughs> devolved slightly, but or not devolved. Digressed <laughs> slightly, but uh. Joo oh. will
0: do that to you. He just kind of makes your brain turn to jello. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting how there's like some meta stuff happening with the casting as well. Mm-hmm. And and the twist there. What I particularly loved about that plot twist is that it really reframes the idea of good versus evil, especially in, from what it sounds like, commonly in superhero films where there's a very clear villain and there's a very clear good guy and um, those lines are drawn pretty, pretty clearly. And I love that this film plays with that a little bit because it is in a climate that is so divisive where some some people genuinely see those lines so clearly as well as far as good and evil and our current society and our climate it's awesome to see how this film flips that and gets you to understand that there's so much um story and context involved for why a group of people that seem aggressive to you may have reasons for that or that you know, there's so much more nuance to it than just clearly defined lines. And particularly I found interesting how they had the scrolls be these kind of refugees who were booted out of their homeland and are looking for a place to call home again. And they're kind of these wandering groups of people that have been scattered all across the universe you know, separated from their families and just looking for a place to call home again. And gosh, that sounds slightly familiar. (laughs) Um, So the way that film's able to weave in these very culturally relevant themes always makes me super intrigued and excited. So I loved that part.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that it wasn't preachy, but it was very, very clear that aggression doesn't necessarily mean you know evil and there there is not necessarily some clear cut black and white while there are some things that are just this is this is wrong this is evil but you saw you almost did get to see both sides mm-hmm. and while there was clearly a right and wrong i liked that you got to see inside of both sides you know, what Marvel villains have done in the past is been very much the hero of their own world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just going back to Infinity War, Thanos thinks he's doing the right thing, you know, in his own brain. But this was this was a different level of looking at the, the villains in a different way. Like you said, it's, you know, culturally relevant and just it it makes you think you know Mm -hmm. think for yourself okay what's going on and and where is this tension coming from and and who are these people really you Mm -hmm. know because you look at the things that that the Skrulls did and you go okay they you know they're invading earth they're hunting down this person they're obviously there's been war and there's been death and there's been killing and they're, you know, they ambushed the team fairly early on in the movie, but you get to take a step back and go, okay, what's driving this? And, you know, it's their desire to live and survive and, and be reunited with their families and get away from the, um, the people that are trying to destroy them and, I love that we don't really know what started the war or why mm-hmm. or we know nothing other than that they've been villainized to, you know, the Cree who know no better and yet they're still just, they're just trying to survive. They're trying to get away. So I loved that it just made you think, you know, what's really going on and why and who are they really?
0: Yeah, and its ability to do that in this like high-flying action film with <laughs> lots of adrenaline is <laughs> super <laughs> impressive. To weave in those kind of uh, emotional nuances in this like big action-packed film, I was like, I'm impressed. Good <laughs> job.
2: And that's the beauty of the like sci-fi fantasy genres is that you can talk about these really really deep things these really really relevant things in a way that's more palatable Mm -hmm. you know if you if you come out with a movie that's all about racial reconciliation or like how do we respond to refugees like if it's something that's that on the nose you're gonna get all kinds of backlash for it from whatever side and With a movie like this, though, you can cover that and you can show compassion and empathy and the beauty that comes from listening to another human being and hearing their story and all of these amazing things that were in this film. You can take that and it's very, very palatable in this form because there's no no stake in the game. There's no political agenda. There's no societal opinion, I mean, outside of comic books about the (laughs) scroll so it's easy to talk about something like that in this kind of a film which is a really beautiful thing
1: yeah sci-fi has always been good about um really speaking to what's what's going on you know in society in the day because you're not looking at any specific demographic when you're watching sci-fi you're seeing aliens you're like okay that's that's literally not human not on earth but you can still integrate those those really necessary views about what is going on in the world that's star trek was great at that you know even even early on in the series before it got before it really gained traction it was still something that they were able to to make commentary about whether you know whether through the casting or through the story. So, yeah, I love I love that about sci-fi and and fantasy and that type of genre being able to be like look look at this from you know from outside the the personal attack emotional attachment bubble, look at it um, objectively and see what's going on, and and then hopefully being able to take that and and take that lesson and then look at what's actually going on around you and be like, Oh, okay. Maybe I can take a different look at how I'm viewing the world and the people around me. So I completely agree with you there. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And especially in a, in a world and a climate where, we're constantly being bombarded with opinions, whether it's the news or scrolling through our Facebook news feeds, and all these everyone's ideas about what they think should be and is wrong, uh, mm-hmm. constantly coming at us. The we don't we don't need another one, but they're still able to get so much across to you as the viewer without mm-hmm. you putting your guards up immediately. So it's It's always really intriguing to find those metaphors or those um, mm-hmm. parallels that are woven so artfully done and masked so well, and yet they're still there. So that's always really yeah. cool to see.
1: There was a a small moment um, in the movie where Carol gets a moment to talk with the the scroll. And she just says, I'm so sorry. And he Mm -hmm. says, we both have, you know, we both have blood on our hands from this war. We've both done, you know, despicable things. But he was willing to, you know, move on into doing what needed to be done and into doing what was right. And it wasn't this, you know, how could you and this guilt Mm -hmm. trip and this, you know, and and he wasn't trying to take the blame completely off himself either. You know, he mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm filthy from this war, as are you, yeah. but now let's move on and keep going and not trying to play the blame game and the guilt and all of that. It was just, all right, let's go. You know, you apologize, I apologize, and we go. And I mm-hmm. loved it. It was such a small moment in the film, but I appreciated it so much.
0: Yeah, totally agree. All right, so what are things that, you know, kind of quick things that we didn't touch on or get, in, get a chance to dive into fully, but we just have to, we just have to re- talk about some of these things. So what are those things that, and one of them, um, I think we, we touched on lightly, but didn't fully dive into was the 90s tech and music <laughs> that someone mentioned, yes, I forget. Blockbuster. <laughs>
1: oh, I love Blockbuster and Radio Shack and the pager and the payphone I loved it all it was fantastic
0: the loading bar <laughs> what is going on here it's loading what's happening oh it's loading <laughs> everyone in the theater that I saw this in was cracking up at all of those parts where it was referencing all the like old relics of the 90s <laughs> yep yeah,
1: the the guy next to me they showed the blockbuster he's like man this is old <laughs> <laughs> and then Radio Shack po- popped up. It was like, oh, it's really old.
2: <laughs> yeah what i what I particularly appreciate about Marvel is their ability to capitalize on our nostalgia in mm-hmm. the appropriate way. Like while while I was watching, I kept thinking back to Ready Player One. A movie Mm -hmm. that I absolutely despise, Caitlin. (laughs) I know that you disagree with me, but I felt I felt like um, that they were taking advantage of my nostalgia and like Mm -hmm. they wanted me to like this movie simply because it made me nostalgic and gave Mm -hmm. me almost nothing else to really like about it. Uh But with Marvel, with Guardians of the Galaxy, and now with Captain Marvel they've been able to integrate that nostalgia so well that I don't feel like I'm being taken advantage of in that regard because there are so many other likable things about the movie and Mm -hmm. the nostalgia is just an added bonus
1: yeah and it it makes sense in the flow of the movies I mean this movie takes place in the 90s so the you know the The grunge looks good on you. Cracked me up. Lose the panel. (laughs) Cracked me up. Just those little bitty moments. And so, yeah, it makes sense in the flow of the movies, but definitely so much fun.
0: I always think about how a film will age. And I think some of those emotional – or not emotional. Those comedic beats will – will age well like the loading screen i think will age well but i think some of the more subtle references like the grunge look comment or um the blockbuster radio shack thing (laughs) some people may get like 50 years down the line but (laughs) it might be lost entirely and they it's just you know another scene in a some kind of store and that's it (laughs) so (laughs) but the the great thing is that that a lot of those parts are not in effect, no longer effective or kind of out of context or confusing. It just mm-hmm. won't be appreciated the same way that we'd probably do now.
1: Um right.
0: grandma, grandma, why are you laughing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> i be like, you don't get it. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, can you imagine that conversation? Like back in the day, we used to get into a car and drive to a place to rent a thing for only a certain number of days. And then we had to come back to the house, put it in another thing that sometimes worked. Sometimes it ate the thing that you wanted to watch. And then if you didn't return it in the appropriate amount of time, then you got late fees. So it was always a stressor. You had to get it back on time. just and this you, whole had concept
1: now. you had, had to, to rewind. You had to rewind.
2: Yeah.
1: Be kind rewind. Hello. <laughs> so like that conversation
2: is going to be so weird in like 20 30 years. <laughs> well,
1: even like the payphone. Like yeah, oh, most so kids true. don't even know what like an actual wall phone is. Like they don't know how to use it. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking rotary phones. We're talking the phones that you know landline phone <laughs> like what is she doing what is that box on the wall
0: <laughs> my dad was telling me the other day about how he when he first came to the states was like when he was 19 years old he did his taxes by hand I was like oh good lord can you wow. imagine doing your taxes by hand no <laughs> oh gosh no <laughs> <laughs> CPAs must have made a lot of money back then because they probably had a lot more people coming to them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there was.
1: Oh, when they walked into um, the the file storage room, and they were having to hunt for things, um, you know, through just through paper files. And then when she's like finger pecking on the computer. Like typing in the, oh, the search was so good. it wasn't a google search because do, google didn't exist yet it was yeah. just i think a like a yahoo search or something and i i was dying at that too because we had just watched all the president's men
2: oh nice
1: they needed to find somebody and so they were in the library with the phone books hunting for this name <laughs> and all those things where you're just like just google oh You can't Google it. It didn't exist then. Like, how did we get through high school without Google? I will never understand.
0: (laughs) My family was in town recently, and um, we basically took an Uber to get to the rental car place. And my mom was like, wait, so how did we do this when there was no Uber? It's like, well, we just had to rent a car for the whole time that you were staying here from the actual airport itself. Because we only rented it for two weekends and didn't rent it during the weekdays, so we had to return it. It's like, that's what we used to have to do. (laughs) It was like unfathomable to her. She's like, how did we survive? How did we get to the rental places? Oh, how the times have changed.
2: Mm -hmm. But not for Samuel L. Jackson in this
0: movie. <laughs> oh, man. That's my segue
2: <laughs> of the day, guys. That was good. I was um, just going to say, can you talk about his hair, please?
1: Yeah. Because that was killing me.
2: <laughs> so I just realized that we've gone for however long we've been talking without mentioning the de-aging technology that they employed for the entire movie. The first time <laughs> that it's been done in the marvel universe uh how did you guys feel about young sam l gracing
0: us with his presence yet again it was awesome i was impressed i'm i'm constantly impressed at the technology that we have right now and what it's been able to do um like in i believe it's rogue one they create like basically a cgi render of grand moff tarkin and like it's it's not the it's not on point on Fleek but it's pretty good it's pretty decent so man i honestly I wonder if there will be a time in the not so far future where actors and actresses are just beginning to be less in demand because they people won't like technology won't need them anymore we can create films it would be like a glorified animation and there will be like <laughs> traditional animation style than like real life live action animation style I don't know but
1: <laughs> I hope we never see that day I but, definitely agree <laughs> but, um, yeah I mean they yeah. they did they used the de-aging for little bits um at the beginning of um Captain America Civil War and Ant-Man but to see yeah for this full length of time honestly it it didn't register for me that that's that it was actual de-aging um, Technology I was just like oh they You know Freshened him up a bit <laughs> Same with, <laughs> same with uh, Clark Gregg Clark Greg, yeah. um, The hair on the two of them I think that's why I was so distracted by the hair on the mm. two of them And to this day Seeing Samuel um, Jackson With two eyes weirds me out <laughs> i'm so used to seeing him with the eye patch and i'm like you have two eyes What's, what 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 <laughs> alternate universe have i fallen into
0: <laughs> sarah what did you think of the the aging i uh,
2: i'm so conflicted because i love 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 samuel jackson like Big fan. (laughs) Want to see him in literally everything. I want him to have a cat best friend in everything and do normal things like washing the dishes. Like that brought such (laughs) joy to my heart. (laughs) However, I did not like looking at him in this (laughs) because I've watched so many movies with him in it when he was younger, like from this time period that the movie was set in. And so the whole time I was going, I mean, that's kind of what you look like, but not really. So there were just like subtle things that were off and maybe because I was looking for it or maybe because it's just who I am as a person, like it was really obvious to me that they had done major, major work on him and it didn't quite work for me, Mm -hmm. though I really appreciate how far the technology has come in yeah. a very short period of time and mm-hmm. the audacity of these Marvel creators to go, you know what? We're going to do this for a whole movie. Like, that's incredible. And that's something that should yeah. definitely be applauded. But I I struggled to look at them a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm curious how many people noticed that uh like because Sarah you you are very observant when you watch film um yeah (laughs) which is awesome we love it (laughs) it makes for some really interesting discussions because there are things you notice where I'm like well okay (laughs) I didn't really (laughs) pick up on that but I wonder if people care and if people like notice that or if people are just like willing to accept that it's the technology is so prevalent now that we're able to do it and they're just like are rolling with it you know
1: Mm-hmm. I think I was more Thrown by Clark Gregg but I think that's Because I've spent so much time Watching Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is film you know Has been filmed currently And so I'm More used to seeing His uh, You know his face and so seeing him The age was like whoa hi But Yeah I would be curious to see how many People you know picked up on That
0: mm-hmm. Guess we can go to twitter to find that out <laughs> that's the truth if you want to know anything take to twitter take to twitter Yo. see how many people
1: that's a scary, about scary world
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so um, final thoughts on this film and how it is going to lead into endgame um i thought it was i don't know if this is common again I'm, caitlin i'm looking to you to 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 get a sense for this, but they explicitly had like a couple seconds of the sentence that was like, Captain Marvel will return in Avengers Endgame." And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's good to know, but is that common? Do they typically yeah. do that? Okay.
1: Yep. At the that's end of, um, at the end of almost every, I don't know about for the first phase. Okay. I don't think they did, but, um, from the Avengers on, They did that. They would say, you know, um, you know, Captain America will return in the Avengers, or the Avengers will return, or things like that. Mm. Um, At the end of Infinity War, it said Thanos will return, and Mm. I kid you not, I went to the opening opening showing. (laughs) People were shouting at the screen. We don't care
0: about Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! I want Thanos that's amazing so, oh yeah. man that's oh, so good i love that people
1: were oh gosh people were screaming like it, people were flipping out <laughs> and, yeah because mm, yeah it was quite fun so yes were you that one is, of
0: them caitlin were you one of I them i was <laughs> i was too in shock
1: sarah knows this um the first character to disappear yeah infinity war <laughs> is my favorite character slash favorite actor, so was I that? was i I about died mm. um, so yeah i was I, I was more like, you know, how dare you Thanos don't show your face around here again. We don't want to see you <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes that that little uh that little teaser is common and then I enjoyed the little uh well did you did you all stay for both um post scene post credit yes. scenes?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Kay. Um so I enjoyed the mid credit scene, the little little teaser <laughs> where she just kind of pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so I enjoyed that little teaser of like, you know, here she is. So you see her, you know her walk in, and I'm curious if I'm curious to see how she plays into or what her character arc will be in Infinity War because Sarah, like you said, there wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't cost, there wasn't, there was no personal weight for her taking on these powers. So I'm curious to see what her struggle will be in infinity war because i'm hoping that um i'm hoping that we will see some of that that more um emotional cost for her
0: do you think that a lot of people's theory is that she will be one of the ones that is going to be pivotal and being able to defeat thanos because she is so powerful
1: i have no doubt of that I- but I also don't think it's something she'll be able to do alone. Alone. Um, I mean, she has for, as far as we know, she's seen the Tesseract, but has no idea what it is. And she has, to our knowledge, no clue, you know, what's been going on or what the Infinity Stones are or anything there. So, I think she'll have a lot of catch-up to do. Um, So, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be showing up at Thanos' you know, porch and blasting him away and, and everything's better. But I do think she'll play a, a key role. If, okay. I mean, if Nick Fury thinks so, then, you know, it's, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was, was thinking while I was judging this movie for her not having a flaw and being too powerful Um, because that was another I have a whole host of issues with Infinity War but one of them being Thanos and I'm like bro you're psycho you're out of control I need you to calm it down the purple great man the purple great man I need him to just take a beat Like, just sit down. Go in a timeout corner. It's fine. This is
1: why movies with Sarah are fun, because of her (laughs) commentary like that.
2: (laughs) Which, these are the things that I was texting Caitlin while I was watching the movie. Like, what is with this purple dude? Um, So, he got so powerful that he defeated all of our superheroes that we've grown to know and love over the past decade plus. And so, of course, it would have to be somebody who is way too powerful to go up with a bad guy that is way too powerful so that was my as i was judging the film i was like well you would kind of have to set it up that way which Mm -hmm. is something that i would appreciate because a lot of times in superhero movies it's kind of like the bad guy has a better plan and he's better at his job (laughs) But because the good guys are good, they're going to win. So maybe (laughs) Endgame won't quite go that way. And we'll be able to be like, oh, yeah, she's freaking cool. Yeah, she can destroy all (laughs) this stuff. Come at her, Thanos. What you going to do, purple man? (laughs) So that might make it a little bit more balanced and fun in Endgame. I don't know.
1: We'll see. Yeah. And um, here you got the Marvel nerd in me. Um, with the second Captain America movie, the winter soldier, they, because he's so powerful, you know, he's, he's strong. He's, he's so good. Like he's again, kind of Superman. esque, like he's so good. He's so powerful. Like whatever they, they gave him a, a moral dilemma. They gave him something that his superpowers couldn't fix. Um, it had to be something that he had to struggle with, and the directors of that movie are the directors of Infinity War and Endgame, and so Ooh. yeah, it's it's the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're um, wonderful. They are, and so I trust them. I trust their 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 judgment in in how they treat how they treat their characters and. And wanting it to be more than just a, you know, pow, bam, kind of a a superhero thing. So um, I'm excited for that part of it because they are so, they're so committed to their characters more so than um, anything else they want to see their characters develop. So I'm excited because of that. Um, I'm excited to see, I mean, they've been, They've been part of the, the MCU since, you know, right after the first Avengers. So they've been through all of this and they're going to be the ones to wrap it up. So I'm I'm or wrap up the Avengers. So I'm curious to see how it goes.
2: So I'm just spitballing here. But, <laughs> Caitlin, how would you feel about... <laughs> no, it's a good <laughs> ask. How would okay. you feel about after we see Endgame coming back on the podcast and helping us dissect
1: that and talking about endgame.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: so good. I could definitely do that. Now, depending on which way it goes, you may need to give me a week to, you know, <laughs> recover. Um, so <laughs> <but> yes. <laughs> I would definitely love that.
0: <laughs> Perfect. It's only like a little over a month away.
1: Oh my gosh, Isn't April 26th. April That's 26th. Nuts. It's oh, yeah. Lord. It's,
0: You've got a month and <gasps> a couple days to prepare your emotional health. Yeah. For either yeah. wonderfulness <laughs> or <laughs> pain and struggle. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it'll be pain and struggle. It's just mm. the the level.
0: Mm. <laughs> yes, so. because alas, Marvel needs to keep making money, so it <laughs> will keep yeah. stringing you along.
1: <laughs> Speaking of emotional. Trauma or emotional investment. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed during the, when the Marvel logo popped up um, at the beginning of the movie, the, the tribute to Stan Lee. Oh, uh, yes. Hard stab. I'm sitting here with the, the uh, entertainment weekly, like um, Stan Lee Memorial edition. And um, yeah, seeing that was just, it was sad, but it was so sweet to see. I don't know how familiar you are with those, but initially it was just um, flip throughs of the some of the comic um, the images from the comics and then they they turned into images from all the different movies and then to see images of all of his cameos. It was just huh.
0: mm.
2: Yeah yeah, I, I loved that. It's
1: like that's classy. Good job yes, guys. It yeah.
0: was very graceful.
1: Yeah. Rumor is that his last cameo will be in Endgame. Yes, um, I read that f- too. Yeah, because they film several at a time and they film them in advance. So yeah, rumor is that's his last one, which is so sad but so fitting. Yes. You know, it's one of those like, you know, of course that's that's how it played out. Like it, it could not have played out any other way. Yeah. Other than him, you know, living forever.
2: <laughs> we don't have that technology yet, so
1: no.
0: unfortunately, <laughs> thank goodness we don't. Yes.
1: Oh goodness, that's Lord. a whole other
0: podcast. Oh yeah, I know, right. Where we just get into this really meta topics. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, man. All right. Well, this was super fun. Thank you, Caitlin, for joining us and yeah, thanks offering for the such awesome insights and <laughs> perspective. We we love it. and We can't wait in a few short weeks to be back with you. Yeah. <laughs> However long you need to recover, if you need a couple months, we'll be waiting.
1: <laughs> I'm going to see it with uh, the friend that took me to the original oh. Avengers Marathon. So...
0: Oh, that's awesome uh, Full circle.
1: And a we'll, uh, little bit of emotional support there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to see these the films that you are like a fangirl over with people mm-hmm. that are also big fans. Because otherwise, it's just wildly unsatisfying yep. to come out of the theater yep. with all these feels, and no <laughs> one gets it. And you just feel slightly yep. crazy, but you feel very valid at the same time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep i yep. saw i think it was ant-man mm-hmm. i saw ant-man by myself which was fine because the movie itself was fantastic and it was funny and it was fine but the end credit scene again a little like little hint clue of my favorite character and i was just freaking out in the theater and I'm looking around I'm like there's no one that i can freak out with <laughs> <laughs> like this is not okay <laughs>
0: That's a memory you get to carry with you forever and ever. (laughs) Yep. It's the little things of being
1: being a fangirl, being a nerd. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. We love it. We love it around here. (laughs) Well, awesome. This was our review of Captain Marvel. Um, We'll be back next week with another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment um you'll definitely get to hear more of caitlin coming up in the future it's been so wonderful having her um, we hope you guys have an awesome week